Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Four Games Podcast, our very first episode. This is the show where we think simple, have fun, and get things done with four game dynamics. My name's John Jufre, and I will be your host, your guinea pig, your tour guide, and hopefully your comedic relief through the wonderful world of four games. So, since this is our very first episode, and we are very, very excited to finally share the show with you, uh, I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and give everyone some shared context. So, figure we should talk about what four games is, uh, what you can expect from this podcast, and a little bit more about me. So, let's run through that real quick. What is four games? I actually think the best way for you to learn that is to hear from our guest today, who is the creator of Four Games. Uh, our guest is Jamie Combs, uh, creator of Four Games, founder of Natural Balance Foods, which is a whole food bar company in the UK. So they've made like Naked Bars, NAKD, and Trek Bars. Um, they're delicious, lovely little bars. Um, he got his start, though, as a fitness trainer. Uh, and what he realized was he can do a lot of great work with you for four or five hours a week in the gym, but if you're all stressed out and you hate your life and your fridge is full of junk, that that's going to undo whatever progress he made. So he wanted to find a more holistic approach to helping people be healthy and happy. So that's why he started Natural Balance Foods. And along the way, he realized, well, it's not just food that's affecting fitness. It's everything that affects everything. So he started thinking holistically, and he needed a way to like sort through all the chaos and complexity in the world, especially starting a new business. And so along the way, he also developed, in addition to some really delicious you know, food bars, he also developed a really great mental model called Four Game Dynamics. Um, I'm going to cut to him explaining that and uh, hear from you in a second. Four games, and the shortest way of talking about it is a way of looking at things. It's a lens upon the world, a lens that filters complexity of what's going on. Other way of looking at it is just a map of you. If I were to say, hey, let's take a look at you, and I really kept expanding out, connecting everything to everything, what I would get is something like, you're a multi-dimensional something or other. And we're going to roughly cut up those dimensions into these four big chunks so we can navigate and handle it. A tool in the sense of the problem is overwhelmed. The problem is accelerating complexity. Lots of ways to tackle it. Four Game Dynamics is a certain lens that looks at it in a certain way. It says, I'm going to prioritize these dimensions, and that allows me to feel like I've got a little bit more control and influence on the situation. And there's something very comforting and handy in that. It's got these different dimensions, basically, of what's going on that I think when you put your life navigation dashboard together, you want to sure you have. So this first one is deep game, your relationship with mystery. So that starting point of mystery, I think is really important for game dynamics. Because we start there and say, from this mystery, from this common sense of we really don't know, we're gonna to try to construct something useful. It turns out to be really helpful because you're framing everything that's gonna come in this kind of metaphoric common sense. Well, if it's kind of like a game, certain other things are kind of implicit. If it's kind of like a battle, other things are implicit. A lot of spirituality is fiddling with that. Long game is a different dimension. Less your relationship with mystery, more your relationship with time and story. Each one of us has a story, a life script about where they came from, where they're going, what's going on now, and that's all done in the idiom of narrative and story. It happens now, but from now we've got the long game of the future we could talk about, 
but you can't put in your hand. And the long game of the past that we can talk about that you can't put in your hand. But there's more than that going on with you if you really look. There's also your relationship with stuff. There's the chairs, the gadgets, the trees. What's your relationship with the material world? That's mid-game. So that's what everyone calls the real world. Stuff you can bump into, the world of science, the world of physics, the world of stuff. Everything that you can examine and bang into, mid-game. Feels like the outer world. So now if you look at, you start looking around at mid-game, you'll notice, oh God, mid-game's full of environments. And within those environments are these systems that seem to work together, made of these kind of component gadgets of various kinds. That kind of tier from gadget to system to environment seems to surround us. But here it is to experiment and play with. But then there's more to you than that. You say, God, if I keep digging and really try to expand this map of me, there's my relationship with mystery, my relationship with time and story, my relationship with environment and material. There's also my relationship inside myself that nobody else can see. My relationship with my physical body, my relationship with my thoughts in my head, my relationship with my emotions, my non-linguistic impulses and sensations. All of that kind of churning within everybody. That's a short game, that kind of three-part body, emotion, mind, and that's your short game. So looking at all those dimensions happening simultaneously, pretend it's not just a game of life, it's four games. Simultaneously, a deep game, long game, mid game, and a short game. And they're happening everywhere all over simultaneously at once. And you're right in the middle of them. And you can look at it that way or not look at it that way. And four games is really the art of when useful, when appropriate to be able to look at what's going on. This big buzzing, buzzing confusion and see the four games of what's going on. It turns out to be really useful because suddenly options become apparent. And then that long game part of what's my role in it? How am I supposed to proceed from here? What story am I supposed to tell myself about what to do next? And then you come out on the other side of having that skill with a confidence of unclenching because whatever's in front of you, you're gonna, you can translate now. But this, this clenching of overwhelm and I don't know what's gonna hit me, but I don't know, starts to go away. And in a sense, your true self becomes a lot more free to emerge of what it really wants to do. Then you start looking around. And then you start noticing the most astonishing things. You notice everybody A has got their four games, you included. They're shifting, changing, connecting all the time. Some people have them almost kind of elegantly woven together in this kind of synergistic way. And it's like, whatever they're doing, but they're, you know, they've got their, their life and is together with their environment, with their activity. And they seem to have their four games in some kind of alignment and some people are just a mess. And you look back in your own life and you remember when yours were a mess. And once you can distinguish them in a manageable way, you can start to see some patterns that can kind of help influence the future. You can't not see things in four games. Part of the idea is to give you a lingo and a way of looking at things that's so simple and so intuitive, even if you disagree, even if you don't like it, even if you think it's ridiculous, you can't not notice it anymore. But it's one of those really nice things where awareness is kind of curative. When you really start putting the four game glasses on, you see how much the environments dictate people's reactions, and you start to have a great compassion and sympathy for people. You know, Fortuna, luck has a big part of it. Um, so there's a big piece of compassion, I think, that comes with it when you really see like, hey, there's a lot I can control, but man, there's a lot I don't control. Once you have awareness for that, every situation changes because you then start to take on more responsibility for what goes on in that situation because you are probably the only one who can see all of that or and who cares to and who cares to take on a role in relation to it or not four games is for people who want to navigate their life a little more creatively a little more autonomously a little more generatively a lot of us have come to the same sense of there's something multi-dimensional and mysterious going on and i have some kind of influence but not total control 
and you just want to help get a, start to get a handle on it. I think 4Game is a great tool for that. Man, I'm not just saying this because I helped direct that video, but it's gorgeous. So if you're listening to this on audio, go go switch over to the video version for a second and, and go catch that. It's a, it was a fun video to do. Um, so that's that's four games. So what's the four games podcast going to be about? The four games podcast is our chance to get in some reps. So whatever you're learning in life, whether you're learning a new martial art or you're learning four games or you're learning calculus the more reps you get the more your mind can expand and absorb the subject matter into your brain and the quicker you learn it then the quicker you can go do stuff with it the quicker you can go improve your life or finish a project um, and i think that the key to getting reps in is that it's enjoyable i want this podcast to be fun and i want to talk about a whole bunch of different stuff i want to use a four game lens to dissect great books, to look at my my personal favorite, maybe yours as well, video games, movies, talk to really interesting people, learn about new skills, whether it's gardening or painting or weightlifting or sword fighting, actually. With the, there's a companion vlog to this podcast episode with Jamie where he teaches sword fighting as a way to learn four game dynamics. Very cool. Go check that out. But yeah, so whatever it is, I want to bring a four game lens to it. And while our, our vlog series is kind of a chance to see it in action and it's flashy and it's fun and we have blog posts where we can, you know, maybe show you some research or or really try to condense the information and make it make it bite-sized. Um, the podcast is a really great chance to kind of go long and, and go really in depth with these topics with some really cool people. Um, Something about the show and something about me, I'm not a guru. I'm not an expert. When I'm recording this right now, I'm 25. Man, I'm not, I'm not qualified to tell anyone what to do with their life, nor if I was qualified, would I even want to do that. I'm not interested in telling you how to think or what to do. But I like to think I'm kind of entertaining. I like to think that I'm able to ask interesting questions to cool people and I'll try things out. I like trying new things. I don't mind if I look like a fool. So I figure between all of that, I can kind of bring on some really great people who maybe do know something and and really get those nuggets out of them and make it fun for you. And that's how we're going to get those, those reps in with four games. So two things you need to know about me. Um, of course, well, three things. My name's John. Again, nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. Uh, but two other things you need to know about me are I love creating stuff and I love learning. Honestly, I I love learning. I love being in the gym. I'm a bit of a meathead. I love reading new books. I love trying new things, practicing skills. I love that. I wasn't always that way. I was I a was pretty uh, overweight kid growing up. I was a pretty sad kid growing up, pretty lazy kid growing up. And, and honestly, it was content like... Um, the Joe Rogan podcast, Elliot Hulse, uh, Strength Camp YouTube, uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast and, and his books, it, it kind of like lit a fire under my ass and it really got me 
it, you know, involved in this world. And I think sometimes people can take it too seriously and they can start to judge themselves or instead of using the information to learn how to be the best version and the most fun version of themselves, it can kind of become about trying to copy a guru or, or being like someone else that they're not. I, I think if, if we keep that kind of content really fun and less preachy, it'll help people not fall into that trap. So, so that's the one thing. And the other thing is I'm, I'm, I love creating. Love it. I was making uh, gaming uh, zines, like uh, competitive Pokemon zines on gaming forums when I was like 12. I started stand-up comedy when I was 16. Currently, I'm, I'm making music, play piano, play guitar. Um, and it's, it's been my work. I produce videos. I produce events. I help creators with their, like their social media marketing, etc. That's, that's my bread and butter. And so I'm honestly, it's, it's a privilege. It's going to be an absolute joy to be doing this show and all of the other four games content because it's the best of both worlds. It's, it's what I'm good at and love to do. And it's a subject matter that I really love. And not only that, but a really innovative and fun way of, of looking at it. That's, that's fresh and unique. So that's all the housekeeping. Hopefully we never have to do that much housekeeping again and we can jump right into the show from here on out. And whether you're watching this on day one when it's put out or you're you know coming back from the future to check out how we started and go down the rabbit hole, thank you for tuning in and uh, we're, we're grateful for, for your time and, and your energy. Uh, and you know we hope we can give that back to you with really great content. So without further ado, let's just jump right into my conversation with the founder of Four Games and the founder of Natural Balance Foods, Jamie Combs. I think you're one of the early future teachers of it. Okay. So I'm also trying to get you to be conscious that this is just the way Jamie does it. Right. Soon there's going to be the way I do it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk to a hundred Jamies. So you're on a long game path where you can't not be really good at this someday. And I know this. So I sit here now seeing you with respect to what I know can't not happen, given what you're doing by evidence of taking the time to do it here. Okay. Guys like that start by being guys like you doing things like this. You know, and so that's what I kind of see. And you can't not unsee it when you see it. It's like, okay, you're young, you're ready to be part of the story you want to be. All that's well, you sold this shit, you're doing, yeah, I mean, it seems superficially like you're in a bad part, but this is production. But that's just the traditional dark night. That's the part that comes right before whatever, you know, if you're going to reposition in the long game, or it's like, you know, you're not, you don't have this feeling that you're a loser because you don't have mid-game. Blossoming short game as a youth, no rich old time, you just got that. Right? Okay. This is the part of the story where you just kind of learn, you know, you're only getting better all the time. That's that young part. And then eventually you get to this part, we're on a different side, but you can still recognize that. Um, so I think part of the training is me thinking of like, oh, you're going to be one of the great four game trainers early of all time. And in terms of the story of game training, yeah. it's going to be, we fucked around with it, and then we kind of tried to formalize it. John was one of the early guys that helped formalize it. And you went and talked to all these different people and kind of recognized the cloud. And then it's moved on a lot since. But that was the early days where people were just kind of struck playing with the same things, but we didn't quite have terminology. You would have simple, it's just a little bickery. Mm-hmm. Like what Bruce Lee found like the martial arts community to be like, right. like come on guys, right, can't say that wrong, you know? And then yada, 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 you've got MMA, and now the slang and frame, framework to the MMA is different than the whole fragmented world of argumentative 
martial artists of 1970s when I grew up, which, you know, but now that test has been run a little bit, you know what I mean? So that's right. kind of moved on in that sense. But so in the same way, I think you're going to be a part of that, which is this expansion of training, you know, from fitness training to mental training to RML training to narrative training. Everyone already kind of has arrived at the same intuitions and sense. They just label it differently. But part of the fun of being a trainer is you don't up labels because you're going to point it out right now. Here's. You know what I mean? So you know ahead of time that that's all just yellow, interesting ways of slicing it and dicing it. But that's not this. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Now, you know. Sorry. I'm <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's like, and that's like, well, there's a lot of different trainings that point that out. Right. You know? But when you start putting them all together with a modern person who's coming at you with the four games that they have, you want to speak in their language and their idiom. Right. And find out what, you know, I don't want to come out and be blown off. So I'm going to know what your game really is and what you're looking for and how can I be helpful. Mm. But in a multi-dimensional context. Right? Wow. I used to be a personal trainer. And I would say, oh, endurance, your strength, your flexibility, these different dimensions of you, and I could help you here now, training. Right. I don't have your problems, right? I could, we've got the same dimensions, but since you behave in one way, you're in this situation, and I'm in a different situation, there's luck involved, and here we are. And that exact same sentiment can expand to different dimensions, not just your physical part, that's your apartment, that's your story, you know. But as a personal physical trainer, I wasn't allowed to get to those dimensions. Right. I just had to deal with the consequences in the physical realm when you showed up to my mid-game church and let me play the role of bossing you around for an hour. <laughs> I got to control at least your short game physical, right. and a little bit of your mental. I got to you know control the situation for your own good a little bit. But there was all these zones I didn't know about, couldn't go, was out of my realm. It just wasn't the, the mandate of what we were doing. But you know, it's like, we can have the best workout here for an hour. You can go home to your house right. with your big screen and your couch and your fridge full of crap. You know, you recognize you're working at cross purposes with someone else, other parts of people's four games. Yeah. If all that you can't directly access. So you're like, well, maybe I could access it with an idea, with an experience, with something kind of inductive. Instead of telling what it is, it just kind of bubbles up on their own. You know, yeah, that's right. The art of doing that. Yeah. Uh, which kind of part of what good fitness trainers is because you couldn't reach those other elk areas. Well, like fitness and martial arts is such a good like entry point for all this because if it's just weightlifting, like physically you're going to look very different or if it's right. martial arts, you're literally going to know you're safer in every yes. situation. Yes, yes. So those changes are so obvious and other people notice them. So if you're like this fat guy or this super skinny guy, or whatever, you buff up. Yeah. Hey, you're getting attention from people. They're treating you different. You're, they've put you yeah. into the long game gotcha. character that you would yes. rather be, right? So it's a good starting point, but it is a shame that you can't go like all the way to it in certain industries. Gotcha. Well, it's, it, yeah, and that's why four games are nice because it opens up the playing field if, if one's allowed to conceit the lens. So now we can talk about all of these in a way we can agree that's kind of not aggressive. And the physical guys will get it because physical guys get real familiar. Their environment matters real fast. Right. Right. You did Bikram Yoga the other day. You turn the heat up to 108 in your environment. Watch what happens to your short game. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. you can notice all of that, right? Um, and so the physical guys figure that out. You know, all the weightlifters, anybody that's dealing with the orange space, they're dealing with growth over time based on stimulation and different gadgets are hitting it. So all that seems very intuitive, I think, to a lot of the fitness metaphor people. Right. I find you can take someone and say, well, physical fitness makes sense. Well, then mental fitness is going to make sense. And emotional fitness is going to make sense. And narrative fitness is going to make sense. And you know what your deep game metaphorics is? Fitness. Right. Does that right, right. make sense? 
right? But demonstrated by what you're doing. And that sense in your heart is like, oh, that does kind of fit. That's that short game part you can't put words to. And only you can say it's true. You can say, no, it's not fitness. It's like a dance. Or it's like, you know, whatever. But yeah. All that metaphoric freedom itself is the point. Right. Okay. Metaphoric freedom. And notice what happens downstream when you start to align those other dimensions with some of this metaphorics. Stuff grows. Makes sense. Oh, you put it that way. It's all kind of like fitness. Oh, okay. I already understand that. So there's I don't know, all sorts of ways for one game to help the other, just if you've got kind of the lingo and the perspective. Right. And I think you're going to find all these teachers and experts in different areas are going to yeah. have these non-obvious but really cool and effective ways of like, oh, no, 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 man, I start over here. I turned it up to 108. Tell them to touch their knee. <laughs> like, no, no, I put a sword in their hand. Come right at me. Mm-hmm. Or no, I sit in silence for 50 minutes. Just stare. Or whatever. It doesn't matter. You've got the ability to kind of analyze the context of what's going on. And you've bounded the context, not all context. You're gonna have, that's your first constraint. That's the game, right? We're going right. to play within four. And then why four? Well, we're kind of a smart monkey. I can't handle much more than four <laughs> before I have to start writing things down. It's not intuitive. Yeah. And so again, that's just a, why that feels right in terms of practicality. And that you can, it seems like the minimal viable perspective you can have on any situation. Uh, if the whole thing is shrouded in this big perspective of, but really it's mysterious, you don't know. Right. You know, this is the, the best you're, you're figuring in a whole universe of uncertainty. If that makes sense. It does. Um, um, so I think training all that becomes really interesting. And then it seems to me where we are in the story of things, it feels like a lot of people have been coming to this same way of looking at things. It's only a matter of time before some gisty, slangy ways of talking about it comes into play just to con- consolidate the conversation. You don't need me to tell you a thousand times about the details of the hero's journey at this point. Right. You get the gist. You know, most people get the gist of a lot of these things. I think there's a whole generation that's grown up now. You know, we get a grandpa holistic thing. You know, <laughs> now let's get on to the meat of it. Right. And I think four games allows you to get on the meat of it. It's like, okay, you ready for 102? Okay. 102 is if you can go come with me in these four games and we can say, gosh, these four games are dynamic, happening all the time and we can't not play. Oh, okay, well, can we influence? Can we play better? What happens if we push here? What if we push there? And that's that sense of playful agency yeah. that I think the frame gives you. Um, but so all, but all, I don't know, all of that to say, yeah. I think me, what makes your all part of where you are in your long game is like, you're about to go talk to all these people. Yeah. And get to play this kind of like, no, I'm smart, but I'm slow. Can you explain it again? <laughs> yeah, that second part about, you know, and all you're trying to do is very sincerely say, hey, help me look through this lens. There's something you're doing that's cool. Right. It's you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I'm trying to consolidate all these perspectives into this group so that I can compare them over time. I can distill insights and I can apply yeah. it to myself. Because I myself am a 20-something young guy that's trying to do this. Here's mm-hmm. my long game if you're interested. Here's my big game if you're interested. But there's also this subject matter. Yeah, you know, that I think you're saying, and my role in this subject matter turns out to be one of the early ones. I ran into Garrett, who, you know, and I think we're still at that very early part of the story, which in the story of anything new is, it's the awakening phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nobody knows it. That's, that's why we're here now. That's why I'm talking to you. You know, this whole first chapter bit, but then right ahead comes, yeah, but soon after this, since it makes so much sense, and since it's so helpful, since you can try it yourself, we're soon going to get to the next phase where a lot of people have tried it and liked it. And now you're not going to be just us. There's going to be a group and there'll be a game that comes with this. It will just be at the next chapter of the story. And there'll be a rebalancing that happens as this kind of new idea, new four game dynamic kind of comes into the system. 
And just knowing that that's ahead without knowing the details, you still know a lot, but you have this sense of it can't not, we can't not get to that spot right. because and this is where it matters. I'm so convinced this works so well because it's worked so well for me on the inside out that I can't imagine that once it gets through to someone else in a way that they brought, it'll at least be half as helpful to them. Right. Because I've studied all these really helpful things. And the thing that I end up using, I go back to is this funny thing. Why is that? You know, for me, that is. But whatever that is, if that's a different tool, that's the tool you want to go out and champion. Right. You know, that's why of all the things, oh, cool. This one. Look through this one, man. Like, you know, and who I think you're always kind of talking to is your younger self a little bit. You have that question. God, if I could have run into my older me, my young, and you could do a little bit to tell him, what would you tell him? It wouldn't just be trite that they would have heard before. Then what's that new novel bit? So I think if you look through the world this way, what you kind of need to do is get your four game shit together before it's too late in a playful way that you like doing. Okay. Or something, at least it sets the parameters for that kind of agency that I think people are looking for that you're never gonna get if you're in this just kind of grim, deep game that leads to an uninspiring long game surrounded by a degenerative mid game and then all these habitual behaviors and your body starts breaking. I mean, there's just, it's hard to get out of that right. without hitting a bunch of dimensions at once in kind of a skillful way. That's why most people don't do it. And it's really hard to do if you never see the dimensions or anyone explains them to you in such a way that it kind of grok it in your bones. So you're not just intellectualizing all the time. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've talked about swimming enough. I want to get in the water. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> I'll like... learn more now by swimming. It's not a linguistic thing anymore. It's like this. It's, great, now swing. Right. That's why part of the 4D training, I think, has to integrate all that. We can talk about it, we can give a lecture, but this isn't a Zoom call with two professors. Right. There's some concepts we want to do. And I'm saying, while that concept's there, simultaneously there's an emotion that goes with it. Your physicality is obviously here with it. It showed up here in this place, in this part of the timeline. This is mysterious as anything else to deal with and rock and swing. Right. And it's like, I'm saying those are real, but if you could put on those glasses and for a moment see as if, what you've done is you've simplified the infinity of perspectives. Like, yeah, dashboard navigationally wise, orientationally, context wise, I want to have my orientation on all these dimensions. If I want to keep this idea of kind of playful surfing agency of like, oh, yeah, I don't have to control it to kind of be able to influence it, right? And that's where I think the martial artists and all the kind of flow metaphoric guys start to get that body feel. Okay. Right? Because that's a course that goes. If you've got kind of fluid, dynamic, deep game, hey, man, it's kind of like water. You're mostly water. It's kind of flowing situation. You start moving like this, right? Your body starts reflecting it as opposed to clockwork balance or something. But the way the metaphorics drip down becomes really what four-game dynamic people are looking for. But whatever you see, you see. But then it's like, how does that relate? How does that come go with? Some other part that doesn't see that mid game is the way it is because it goes with this part of the long game. Right. Not long game is the way it is because it goes with that part of the deep game that in this slice of his story, mm -hmm. right? That he's, of course, supremely interested in that I don't need to know the content of. I can just see the four game dynamic relationships of what's gotten where he is and therefore where it tends to spin him out. You ain't getting anywhere with that mid game, man. Yeah. That idea is not taking you anywhere. Good luck with that limp. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All of those things, like you must get a head full of bad ideas in the best heart in the world. You go and just waste your activity time on building stupid gadgets. You know, I mean, you can you can imagine the worst case in each dimension. You know, because you can imagine for a second 
your, your mental space when, it's, when you've totally lost it. Just all over the place, you're sketchy, you can't focus, or it's just, bah, 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 bah. Right? That's that yellow zone going awry. Yeah. Versus when that yellow zone is on target or appropriate for the context it's in and being helpful or doing what you want to do or your relationship is somehow the way you want it. And likewise with your emotional state, you know your emotions are just gone bananas. What the hell was all that about? Mm-hmm. Versus when, again, appropriate for the context. It's not mill, not flat, but like uh, ripples on water, appropriate for what gets thrown in. Right? Not a bigger ripple than the rock that gets thrown in. Right. Uh, and likewise with your long game, you can tell when you feel comfortable about your future and where you're going, and you're at peace with your past, and you recognize that what I'm doing now is the spot I need to be in, right? And my job is to kind of enjoy it and participate in it sincerely, versus, oh shit, this is a treadmill down a hallway with no doors. <laughs> it's not fair because it didn't start this way, you know, and you're just lost in that. That's a horrible place to be. Right. right? And likewise with your deep game. There's a spot where you can look into the face of all of this mystery. And see the creativity and see the playfulness and see the, the wonder and the uncertainty, you know, and be inspired by that, drawn by that, versus you can also be overwhelmed and scared and terrified and set aback and clenched up by that. Or blind to it. Or blind to it. Yeah. Or doing it unconsciously. But some way, this relationship between these kind of chunks. And so I think I'm coming to the idea that the shortest way to explain four game dynamics is to just explain it as relationships. Your short game is your relationship with your inner world. That is your mental space, your physical space, your emotional space. Right. Roughly kind of whatever lingo we want to call it. We will find a lot of places talking about that idea in one sense or another. I call that short game. It's your relationship with all that. You also have a relationship with the outer world, with this stuff, with the ground, with the air, with the environment you're in, with the systems you're using it in, and the gadgets you're participating with. That's your mid game. Relationship with your with materials and environment, but then you've even got more relationships going on simultaneously. You've got a relationship with time and story about who you are, where you come from, and where you're going, what my role is, and what her role is. And you've got all of this in your mind. You've got relationships with all of that. Right. And people have roles, and they have goals, and they have paths. And you've got this wonderful network, all in kind of a narrative idiom. You've got a relationship to that. Yeah, and you can access at any moment too. But you've even got more relationship than that. You've got a deep game relationship. You've got a relationship to mystery and to metaphorics. Because what else are you going to do with mystery? Then make your best metaphoric pop at it. Right. Right? Yeah. As good as you can get into words, right? And somehow you've got a relationship. That, and you can't not have it. You can't stare at mystery and not get a metaphoric pop. Even if it's nothing. No thing. I mean, you, maybe you can work real hard and not do it. But... <laughs> And those relationships, everyone has all the time, everywhere, simultaneously, at once. From a certain point of view, right? From that lens. But it turns out, if you look at that point of lens and understand that, yeah, there's this flow of time. And these multidimensional something or others are kind of flowing through it with the inner, outer narrative and meta dimension. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of eyeball my way into Meddling the meta a little and seeing that entirety as one as a four game, yeah, as a game that awareness can play. Huh. Well, the game awareness play completes. It's not a crisis. It's not a trap. Not all these things that should freak my emotional state out. It's fun. Fine, man. I've been working all day. Yeah. What are we doing? What game can we play? You know. Huh. Right. And that is kind of the field that gets over this idea of games played in the field. But it could be you, know, you can play a, a, a narrative thing that's played. You can do a play. You can play a piano. You play a game. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So part of those game and play metaphorics are kind of bank shots to get you into the emotional space, which would then get your physical space and opens up your mental space and all those things so you can get the right vibe. Right. To get into that spot where your best performance is going to be when you're in that generative flow space. And then what Fort Games is saying is like, hey man, if you can do that, you know, with your kung fu or with your surfing or with your whatever, can you do it on multiple dimensions at once? Can you simultaneously have a generative physical activity that's helping your environment, that's making you feel better, that's bringing you down toward the future that you know is positive, and sometimes harmony with all your intuitions and uncertainties? Right. That's, that's a yoga, right? Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Okay, what do you have in that dimension? Um, and as, a, as an ideal, that each of these dimensions, once you can become aware, aware of them, again, in a playful way, holding it loosely in the way that I can hold a river and put my hand in it. I'm not really holding the whole river. Right. Same idea. So once it's held, because held tightly, you get into all these bad ways you could use this good gadget. Right. Right. Because suddenly someone can have a role. Oh, I've got a role with a special gadget. You know, we're distinctively trying not to do that. And when you show people that they have it already, it kind of, it goes from guru-ness to training partner-ness. Yeah. Real quick. Like, oh, I see, man. Like, yeah, check, you can look at my short game. Look at my long game. Right? You can analyze me just as easily as I can analyze you. Right. Right? And then you're going to put me into your story. Oh, yeah, right. Who's Jamie? Yeah. So there's something in just first being able to see it that soon enough, if you've got a playful attitude, you can't not want to fiddle with it. You can't not want to say, well, gosh, what if we made a card deck? You know, what if we explained it this way? And then you start to get the, the agency and you start to see how one effect over here can have this big effect over here. Yeah. What if I built a big, big game facility and had these kind of young, ambitious guys come with their projects and from there they could spring? No, there's a mid game way to do it or whatever. Um, so I just, it feels like there's levels that then you can have influence on that just weren't available without the lens. Right. And that seems the value of it because part of the problem that most people run into isn't that it's too tight, it's too chaotic. There's too much going on, there's too much overwhelm. It's just snow, snowstorm. Right. And, and the, the virtue of the Fortean lens is, oh, you're gonna get me that playful agency spot, but you're not gonna delude me by having me miss some significant dimension. It's still gonna be holistic. So I'm not gonna turn into some tunnel vision person and you're gonna help bring out what's inside me. You're not gonna hear kitty kitty me all my life. Right. Like what I'm missing in need that's somehow outside my awareness, outside these magnificent four games that you're coming into. Yeah. Right? And so, and then I think, and then once you kind of go through that, you see the value of that, of just the, the, the gentle value of the language itself, being able just to nudge your attention of all the things we could do long gamey stuff, mid gamey stuff, mid gamey stuff this afternoon, long gamey stuff, mm-hmm. right? Short gamey stuff, right? Now we're talking yellowy stuff. I'm already improving. I didn't fall back on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but all of that realizing that, that all of that environment is not only out here, but it, you're connected to it. Your skin is as much a bridge as it is a barrier. Right. From a certain way of looking at it, and then metaphoric freedom up at top means you can look at it however you want. <laughs> right. As long as you're emotionally congruent about it, and you're not over. That's the playful bit. I'll hold my nerve for ten seconds. No, but you know I was playing. Randy, mm-hmm. that's why I think there's a twinkle in the eye of the of, of like the spiritual guys, right? Because what are they doing with you, right? They've got this, you know, they've got your attention. They're trying to do you good, you know. So they're playing with this mystery and metaphorics and stuff to pull you down 
a path or get you on a story. You may or may not be telling you, but it's, again, once you see the dimensions, you can interact with them. However, that's why the names don't really matter much. Once you get someone who says, oh, we can talk whatever terminology you want. You want to talk Kabbalah, you want to talk Christianity, you want to talk psychology, whatever it is, you can find the language that they use. Because from a four-game perspective, language is just a gadget. Right. Just prove the more we use it, the more you'll prove my point. The gadgets are important. We see this gadget you love so much. We'll use your gadget. Talk about it through that way. I got another language gadget called four game. Sees it in a different way. I'm not arguing or anything, but it's like, in right. this context, what gadget should we look through that will be more helpful given where we are? And I think a lot of people in the modern world suffer from what you need is a holistic view of things. It gives you some agency, calms you down, and gets you onto a sincere, long game path that's actually going to be helpful. Yeah, you know, and, and and the gadget that's, that four games is is that little mental yellow framework in the back of your mind. It's like, well, what if you put in this little funny way of looking things? Right in the yellow space, you've already got a lot of yellow paradigms in there already. I know. Here's just another one. What if you click to that one and just assume you look at things through that? You know, that's where Captain Simple comes in. What would Captain Simple do? Captain Simple would only look through four games. Captain Simple, right? You have a hundred things to travel around. Right. Right. Um, so from that perspective, and then play as if through there. And that's that way you play sincerely, not too ser- seriously, but you play sincerely, but you hold that frame. And that's what I think for me, like the, the Captain Simple architect is. Yeah. What would the archetypal character do that did this to an extreme for whom it was the extent of it? Oh, Captain Simple, who would never not think of what the dynamics. Where in practice, most people, what you get the gist, you never have to again because you've internalized it. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm probably talking too much, but no, that's great. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. So does that that make sense? And I mean, not for them so much, but just for you. No, absolutely. For me. (laughs) Yes. Um, I mean, I like to say, so at the start of each video on my little catchphrase, at least for me, is, uh, welcome back. We're going to think simple, have fun and get things done with four game dynamics. But it's like the thinking is one third of it. The thinking like, Think about it if you need to, but think about it simply and do it less than you're having fun and getting things done, right? And it's like, if you can think simple and have fun, you're already getting things done, is kind of my yes. my conceit. But um, so. Yeah, you can start from a lot of people for whom that sentiment makes absolute stunning common sense. Yeah. And then just for that, that idea of start anywhere. Can we start there? Yeah. And then I'm going to work back and demonstrate to you why this, what, this way, this gadget is going to get you to that having fun yeah. way of looking at it. And I'm going to demonstrate, it's not going to be by teaching you something. I'm going to get it to you by a non-obvious way, but by the end, you won't be able to unring the bell. Yeah. And you'll have it in your bones. And when I say, check out the mid-game on that guy, you'll know what I mean. So, <laughs> or whatever. And uh, so there's that teaching, where I think you're saying it's a difference in teaching style too. Another bit you're going to say, again, right up, do the magic trick right up front. You know, I've got this funny model that's not like anything else. So take a look at it. I don't want to deceive you or anything. And I've got this funny teaching style I use with it. Yeah. So now if you do that, the role that we're going to have here in this process is X to Y. But for me, that's getting your long game roles tightened up real quick, getting the attention on the gadgets you're going to use and getting the attention on the next couple steps you're going to take. So that's already just lining up four games, again, in a generatively helpful way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so good to you. as You'll be doing all your four game training way before they probably know your introduced to the terms. That's why it's a start anywhere. Yeah. Next start anywhere, man. We're, we're in a bubble and it doesn't matter. And then the secret of one of the things the secret start anywhere that the teacher knows, it's a twinkle in his eyes, start anywhere because we're only halfway in. 
Right. And you're going to be relieved because you're like, we're in the middle already? Yeah. yeah. And then that, you feel that physical, yeah, yeah, no, 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 we're starting at the top of the mountain, talking about all the ways down. You're the fish. We're not at the, by the other yeah, fish. We're not, we're not the, the emotion of being at the bottom of the mountain and having yeah. to come up and being tired, juxtaposed with, no, 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 I understand you think that, but we're already at the part where we're at the top of the bed. Yeah. Because you've already grasped for and done it. Right. And so now I get that sensation of, ah, which everyone's clenched because they're going to learn something new and I already know so much more and it's just threatening. So I think there's something really easy about this. You know, these four things are going to swing, they're going to include, and you're coming down the mountain. And you know, all those years you went up the mountain and walking with that stick, learning this and learning that, and looking up the mountain, and finally you get up the top of the mountain. And if you turn around, lo and behold, behind you the whole time, you'll have seen all this stuff that you, yeah. you know, you've got a lot of options. And also going up the mountain, your legs have become stronger. You've got the stick. Now you can come down the other side of that mountain. And so, you know what, I'm going over there, I'm going down there, and I'm going to be heading up speed downside. The grinding up the mountain has given me my gadget, has made me what I can do now when I get to the next part of the story, which is now take that gadget you've earned and go do whatever it is with it. And that role in your relationship with whatever gadget it is, with a paintbrush or a sword or anything, is part of your long game role that's going to have a relation to your big game creation, which is going to validate your actual role. You know what? That is what I am. Me and my thing. Yeah. Right? Oh, I can't not, you know, so there's a, you know, it, it gets, once it gets intuitive, you see it everywhere and you see it partially, I don't know, explained. Right. And therefore we slice chaos into a few dimensions and I'm just trying to give them reps in each dimension. Okay. And so I'll start with this. Okay. Like that, imagine that. And now. This yeah. is cool. Right. So now. I don't think it will work on Oh, yeah, it does. Ooh. Fancy. So Look at me. So I'm really going to be like the most snarky. And it'd be okay, you're going to do our forging track. We'll try, try to see as little as possible. I'm like, you just hand me this short and then give me these. And kind of like those glasses. What do you see when you look out at anything on those glasses? There's a lightsaber now. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. This is a, I see, uh, I mean, rainbow spectrum on everything, right? Everywhere you look. Right? Everywhere, yeah. And there's nowhere you can look that they aren't. Everywhere's a rainbow and everywhere has a. Oh, that's odd. There's four reflections outside my hand. So I have like the main hand and then the four hands. And reliably, if you look behind yourself really quickly, it still has it, right? Yeah. You can't escape. <laughs> and everything simultaneously has these dimensions going on. Right. right? Well, kind of like that. Four games is a lens, okay. kind of like that. Now, if you assume that all those dimensions are still there, yep. you can look at them anytime. But right. you can take off the glasses. And you only need the glasses when you really want to see them. And then, okay, but what if gotcha. we... And then you say, and then you go one further and say, now any of those dimensions particularly interest you? Or where's your mind? What do you, what do you attention now? Whatever your attention is now. Yeah. I don't know. Where is your attention now? Is it on this? You tell me. What's up? Where do you want to look first? My attention's on the green stuff, honestly, because we're in, I mean, A, just out there, that's the most beautiful view I've ever seen. And I, you know, mid-game is stuff you can touch, we're a bit far away from it, but, you know, I, that's, that's beautiful. This whole ground is beautiful. All right, so put on your mid-game glasses. Okay. Let's, uh, can we get like the mountain in the green? In the green goblin. Yeah, one second. Sorry, Jamie, this is what you gotta do for the video. Okay. It is really quick, it's right? Now again, so now you've already grokked the idea without much words. 
that everything you look at can have these multiple dimensions happening simultaneously right. that aren't obvious with every gadget. And you can pretend that those are kind of always around. You can do that. And then you can say, gosh, with all those dimensions, we're going to symbolically represent that, hey, reality, those are all the dimensions of reality. And we can start anywhere we want. Mm -hmm. And they represent the inner, outer, narrative, and metaphoric sense of what's going on. And so now we'd say, again, stretching the metaphor of lenses and looking through things, we've manifested these, these little gadget toys that also mm -hmm. reinforces that metaphor, that metaphor. And then now you put those on and you're looking through them. Right. I'm not looking through them. I'm looking at a dude in green glasses. <laughs> they match my pants. But one, what the conceit is, is that those green glasses are there to draw your attention to the mid-game that you're looking at. Right. You could look at any dimension of what you're looking at. And it's easy to get distracted. But what that is trying to do, if we're now looking around here, is just notice weird mid-game stuff, unusual mid-game things. Right. Right? What's, what's the mid, what does the mid-game tell you about the guy whose environment this is? Think of all the lessons Sherlock Holmes could learn about just looking at all the mid-game. Well, I'm standing on a Captain America shield. You got martial arts shit everywhere. We made that cool punch back we're going to talk about later. There are a bunch of books not only on, like, martial arts, but also on, on games and game theory and storytelling. So I would, uh, I would, I mean, obviously your metaphor is games. So you're both playful, but also very competitive and looking at all this different stuff, you have normal weight training equipment, you have, uh, uh, gymnastic, you have all this shit. Like you want to be competitive in as many ways as possible. You want to be able to be useful while having fun and drop, drop them anywhere. He wants to be good to go. Right on, right? Okay. From your mid-game glasses, right? Right. Okay, now take off your mid-game glasses. Okay. And pick any other glasses you want and look at any other thing you want. And you're also starting to demonstrate your agency of, hey, man, I can look at anything I want through the lens I want. And think, look at all those insights that just popped up. Well, let's do, uh, let's do the blue ones now. Okay. So these are long game. Long game. And I look around and go, what's the story around here? What roles everybody think they're doing? What's you know? What the? Well, you know, and what's your story in this? It's like you've run into all these characters and all this stuff, right? What is this play where you're going? How is this is going to be in the rear view soon enough? Well, this right? is bad as hell because uh, from a from an actual storytelling content perspective, this is this is issue one of of the John comic book, and he's meeting he. Spider-Man or whatever, he's meeting Nick Fury, and Nick Fury's going, hey, there's this whole wide world of superheroes and supervillains out there, and you have this power, and hey, if you team up with Captain America, you can do that. If you team up with Thor, you can do that, and go do it. Um, and this would be like Professor X's <laughs> school or home for the gifted or whatever it's called, and this is like sort of the first first meeting of the X-Men or first meeting of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'd say that's kind of where it is in your story, but also in mine, which is interesting, and yeah, as a first episode, it's like, cool, we've set up the story. Now I'm going to go out and have my run of well, comics. Because there's something fundamental archetypal about that whole piece that is just in a certain idiom. That's in the Marvel idiom. Yeah. But it's at the beginning of this. This is the part of the story where the old guy gives the young guy some gadget before he goes off into his adventure. Right. And is either like, I'm too old. Here, take my sword and you do it. Or here, I'll go with you for one last ride. <laughs> and then the old timer dies, the young guy, you know, that's the archetypal generational story right? that you're always a part of, right? Because you're always kind of, long game lives are always a part of these kind of two stories, your own story, 
from childhood to youth to adulthood to elderhood. Mm -hmm. right? You're all on that ride. Right? And then also simultaneously that cultural ride as you go through and the generations fill in behind you. Mm -hmm. you know? And so that long game is kind of a long game you can't escape because that long game is going to be reflected by the mid game you're in. Systems and gadgets and parking lots and stores and all these mm -hmm. realities are going to change underneath your feet as you go through this long game journey from youth to elderhood. And the generational and our generations change their positional dynamics, their role in leadership and what's going on in their ascendancy and whatnot. Right. So seeing through those lenses, you can start to see kind of multiple levels of story, both forward and backward. And you can see the idea of what happens when people feel like that story forward is either good or in their control enough versus dreaded and out of their control. Right. You know, there's a lot that goes on in there. If you're wrong game, it's just like, am I not looking forward to what's coming ahead? I believe that's what's coming ahead. <laughs> the rest of your games will clinch up accordingly. Well, and so then with, with these, the deep game ones, on the, the metaphor, um, the fact that we were just talking about the mid and the long game in terms of like all the, the Marvel stuff and storytelling. Well, first, even that, if we put on deep game, just mystery itself, the fundamental weirdness. Yeah. Just grow up. I mean, the, the, the inexplicable, ineffable, the stuff, I mean, what the, that, right? Yeah. That everyone has, you can't, you can't talk about it. But that's where you start. Real. Now, what do you want to call that? Because there right. you start with a camaraderie of like, there's going to be no status games. We're all in the mystery soup. Well, unless, unless you know something about it, in which case, by all means, tell. In which case, it's hang me with your own rope about how much you know about mystery. Right. Right. So it's that, I think, is, is where the deep game really comes in because you get a humility with that. On the far side of mystery is humility. Oh, okay. You know, and also creativity on the playful side of it. So I think if, you know, you, you got to kind of let go of that certain know-it-allness or certainty of it and, to, and not, try, not trying to make uncertainty or mystery wrong. Right. That itself is a metaphoric frame on this thing. Don't kid yourself. You don't know. It's more than right or wrong, you know? And I think being able to hold that loosely allows you to have a lot more fun at the other games. Yeah. You know, because if, if that metaphoric is sacred or literal, and unmovable, well, it blocks you up downstream. Well, and, and like, if you were unconscious about this part, if mm -hmm. you just had the, the glasses, the deep game metaphor that maybe you would absorb through media or schooling or whatever it is, I could be standing here uh, going, oh shit, this guy, this guy ran a major company. He, he's like my boss and I, yeah, super serious and he's, uh, he's above me. And, uh, and obviously there's, there's respect, of course, but when you put these on, it's more like, okay, this, this motherfucker has a punching bag with an equal sign on it. What the hell does that mean? This Hulk glove holding his books. This guy is clearly fun and, and funny and, and there's a goofy, playful element to it. And the fact that we're all here is like, okay, he could be choosing to run four games, whether you want to call it a business or a movement or whatever, a school, whatever it is. He could be running that the way he runs a corporation under that metaphor. He could be running it like, I'm the boss, the goal is money, this is that. Or you put these on and you go, but what if instead of more like a company, it was more like games and like stories and like these fun things, we can still get the same stuff done, but we'll feel a lot better doing it. Um, so that's cool, okay. Um, so, and then keep going. All right, okay. 
Um, so yellow is the mental, right? That's so the, all three of these are short game. Yep. Okay. So this is the thinking. Well, just look at particularly your mental space. What's going on in your mind? You know, now you can look. Now you get into self, other, and forward and backward. My mental space, other person's mental space, mental space of now, mental space of the future, mental space of the past. Right. Hypothetical mental space. Oh, well, just that whole realm. It's not quite a story yet. It's just, I don't know, those thoughts just popping up. You making them pop up. You notice that you're just detaching a little bit from them. Right? Because if you're just looking from the emotion, we, we haven't slammed the emotional part in them yet. That's the next right. part, right? Because you'll notice here, there's an emotional charge with all those ideas. But we're putting the light on the intellectual part. Yeah. We could put the charge on the emotional part. There's even a physical part to those ideas where those ideas hit you in your gut. You know, think about death. Think about infinity. Think about whatever, right? You could put ideas in your head right. and you'll have emotional and physical reactions, which is why the mind and the body, emotions are all swirled up. You can't really separate one out. Right. Other than when you're playing around, right? Try to give me a thought without a feeling. Show me a feeling. You know, they, they kind of mutually arise. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's all gamey, not science. Okay, well, if I had to do that real quick, I'll grab all three of these. It would be, so, body, emotions. Well, yeah, well, right? so, take a, so take a look. Look at just the, the ideas of four games. Yep. Look at four games. Now, what do we An object in your awareness now. Okay. Boom. Now just look at four games. And this is where the challenge is, because it can be so many things, conceptually. You can see it as all these things, right, as a gadget. And you can see all these potential long games. Right? Yeah. But if you just look at the ideas of it, the components of it, that would be looking at it as conceptually okay. and struggling sometime with how am I going to define it? Now, what it is, what it isn't, what it's not, what it leads to, what it comes from. A lot of that's in that yellow space. That's what you're doing in there. You're looking at something, trying to figure out that. Right. <laughs> right? Because it's right. a mysterious something or other. What the hell is it? And you've got a metaphor for it, but you want more. I want to know, you really want to know what it is. You're going to discover by the end that yeah. is connects everything to everything. Which messes with your identity part of like this idea, the separate agency that we're playing. Yeah. So you can play that game too, you know? Right. If that makes sense. Well, truthfully, like the, the big, we, we had um, a false start with one of our videos. We ended up reusing it for something else, but like I, I only had these on and I was thinking so much about like, okay, yeah, four games. I can explain it simply in, in five minutes or less. That's great. But Oh, there, it, it, at first it seemed like, oh, this is a huge task yeah, to simultaneously that? explain and make it fun and the end, blah, blah, blah. And that started eliciting the, the red glasses of like, oh, insecurity. And now I'm not explaining it as well. And sometimes she's listening with these. Right. Right. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that kind of sense. And you don't have the language. I mean, you can't language the emotional right. part. So it's, you're not going to get anything very satisfying from me. Right. I'm just giving you this emotional sense that you're going to want to know more about. And I'm just going to be, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. That's a very interesting point, I think. But so then looking through emotion, now looking through the emotional lens, and then a quick, a quick thing about, uh, you tell me if this is true. Uh, that charisma is basically being able to get transfer the emotional energy from one person to the other. Yeah. So, right? Is in this realm. So if I'm charismatic and I walk in a room and I'm upbeat and cheerful, everybody's upbeat <laughs> and cheerful. If I walk in a room and I'm upbeat and cheerful and that guy over there is quiet, and then suddenly we all get quiet, he's charismatic. Oh, that's an interesting way. Okay. Right? I like that. That's, that's so you can see people follow the emotional 
you know, again, you can take a traditional term and say four game wines, what the hell's going on there? Mm. Right. And so you see it all the time with stand up comedy, right? Yeah. If you can get them into your, your attitude, your short game attitude, which doesn't have to make sense, it's not science, not, you know, and however you get there, it doesn't matter because right. it doesn't have to be linguistic, it doesn't have to be logical. And if you pick a role, hey, I'm the joker, my job is not to be logical. I'm already ahead. Right. Or whatever. You get to be paradoxical and playful, which is effectively moving around the four games with, so it almost makes sense, but so it doesn't exactly. Right. But you can navigate through that, and you know that if you can navigate a four game that has a consistent metaphoric all the way down to the body, that's going to make a certain amount of sense. But if you start mixing it up in there, you're going to, you'll know that those things are incongruent, like pieces of a puzzle that don't go together, right. or Rubik's Cube, and that would feel funny. Well, that's right. That's I know that if I go and twist your mid game, even if everything else right, I know that that's going to show up in your emotion. Yeah. Well, that's what I realized is when I was only like, I was overthinking some of the, the videos at first. And then I realized like, wait a minute, what's my, my job in the video is not to be a walking encyclopedia explaining and contextualizing everything because once they have enough exposure to the idea of four games, they'll do that. And the professional who's explaining fitness or mindset, they'll, they'll handle that part. They'll, they'll handle the context. So all I need to do is be like one third tour guide, one third guinea pig, one third comic relief. And cool. I don't have to worry about explaining it. I can just have fun. And yeah. have this in the long game future that you'll have certainty of. When I come back, you'll know they'll have made progress. Yeah. And you'll know that before they know that. And you'll, if you'll have a twinkle in your eye that says, what I've done is so effective now, you're going to feel like a chiropractor. You're going to feel better now. Pop, 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 pop. Sure. Next, next time I see you, you'll have felt better for two weeks and you're going to really thank me. And so there's a little bit of, I don't know, that satisfaction of teaching, which any teacher has when their method works. Mm -hmm. But four game has this nice timeline dimension. Mm -hmm. The world's on fire. <laughs> ah, it hurts. And then last but not least, and the, the last body. one, now we work out, right? The physical one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Okay, so now all of that does, I feel like I've done most of my teaching, really. But you've done it, you know, think about what me as a teacher has done. Mm -hmm. You know, I've gone a long way to explain it more than I normally would because you're going to be a teacher someday. Right. Right? But normally, all you really have to do is get them to appreciate there's a mysterious something or other. We're going to playfully name it for practical time, practical and useful purposes. Mm -hmm. We've done it this and so. You can feel it from the inside out. Right? Each one of those. So it's not me telling them. Now, where's the pain? Where's your attention? And now we can start anywhere knowing that this dynamic is going to give way over time to some entirely new different dynamic. They, everything's always changing. And then now, how do we, now we're just talking about how we want to influence it, and we're already in a place of agency. Right. So you can explain all of that, or you can just say, dude, come to my mid game, we'll work on your forenames, and I can put a sword in your hand and start attacking you and talking at you. And making you react. Right. You know. So we do so all that, that, or cool, now we got a, a well, sword well, in our hand. Given who it is, if it was you, version, I would start with yeah, that's, that's where the teacher, the fun is like, there's a conversational four game, I find to it, that allows you to combine all your other skill sets. You don't have to do it all in four game lingo, and you, you can do it with nothing at all. But you just know that structurally, you need to get from this state of affairs to yeah. this state of affairs. And it's all coming from them, not you. 
And so you're skillfully surfacing, making sure you're aiming them in the right direction and giving them chunks that are manageable along the way. Okay. Because you just don't want to give them the end point and then leave them. And now it's like, great, I feel as powerless as ever. Yeah. And now I feel dumb because it should be simple. <laughs> right? And that's why you have to like change their mid-game environment immediately. So now when I wake up tomorrow, it's a different place. Right. And that reinforces something. You look at all that kind of habit-broken books. That works. So, but here, here's one of my favorite exercises. And given all that, the martial arts piece that I think is most interesting is the idea, and I'm not a martial arts master, but the idea of the center, four game-wise, is the idea of the center line. You familiar with the idea of the center line? Okay. Well, each of us as an object in space, right, we have a center line running straight down this, okay. facing out this way, right? So if I get this way, you're looking that way, your center line's going that way, my center line's going this way. So if you do this, for instance, that's your center line, okay? So if, I, if you walk forward and I walk forward, that's where our direction is taking us. Okay? Right. So that's an important thing. So you and I both have a center line. In martial arts, one of the important things is you put out your center line, I want to get off your center line. You can't hurt me, all your and I want to destroy your center line Okay. Right? So there's this idea of, if you simple, just this, we've got these two coming at us, right? And you're trying to get out of my way. I'm trying to get out of your way. Okay. So just, just that, right? Just like, okay. You know, and you go, oh, there, you got me now. Look. Right. Okay. You're trying to get off my center line. You know, you're trying to get off my center line. There. And boom. Okay. Okay. So, they, so there's something about just that basic idea that is get out of the way. Right. right? Fundamentally, get the big chunk out of the way. Right? Okay. So there's something interesting to me that four game wise physically, right? Because now I want to correspond physical movement to some of these ideas and ways of thinking and attitudes. I'm a kinesthetic guy. I want to now take what I've learned and put it into movement somehow because then I can train the movement. Right. And which I like to do, and get a little benefit down the line. I used to be a pole vaulter, pole vaulter training. I like to train a couple, couple dimensions of things specifically. Yeah. Right. So in the same way, there's a little bit of that. Um, so some people, if if you do that to me again, yep. let's say you're you're the crisis of being and complexity. The correct move yeah. is that. But most people go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah here, here. You, you do have something to be scared of. But you don't turn away from it. Yeah, now you have choices. This is where the next idea of tempo comes in. Okay. So now in sword fighting, there's the idea of tempo of either I'm attacking you, I'm coming at you, and you're responding to me, or you're coming to me, and I'm getting out of your way. Right? And we're trying to control who's coming at who. Right? And if I'm coming at you, your first job is to get out of the way, and then second is to turn the tables. So, Right? Okay. So there's the idea of tempo, which is who's got kind of the initiative. So there's that and tempo. And there's another idea, which is from <laughs> is the idea of a four quadrant. So I've got your center line. Mm -hmm. If I were to cross you this way, I could I have a quadrant here, quadrant here, quadrant here, quadrant here, and all up your center line. Okay. Okay, right? So now <coughs> we've got one more dimension. If you take your just plant your hands and do this, and just do a little bit of this. This dangerous power of yours is really a zone everywhere between your feet. Because you can generate a lot. You can say, you could, of course, hit me this way. Right. But you can also do that. You right. have strength. So I really want to stay out of this whole field. Okay. Right? Of course, I don't want to go fast. But you've got this whole ball of 
front-end energy, right? And for game-wise, you can imagine what that is. That's attitude, that's physicality, that's long game. There's a lot coming at me. Right. right. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'd be coming at me with my intellectual stuff, or maybe coming at me physically. So you should put all those together. You've got this interesting physical <clears throat> bit of I've got a center line mm -hmm. that I can twist this way, right? And that I can then defend these different points. So now you've got these different areas to block, right? Right? Just like that. And so one of the things I think is really important to get that emotional sense in the modern world, the equivalent of this, is you have a lot coming at you, but it doesn't make any sense. You're not going to have time to think about it. Right. You're just going to have to be comfortable with shit coming at you. And that's cool, because you know what happens when stuff comes at you? You learn the next lesson. Once, yeah, once you block it, now look, fuck. And the feeling of, oh shit, versus bop, is you take the tempo. Okay. Now once you have the tempo, what you really do is you have four-game control. You've taken the tempo of the fight, you can also take the tempo of the story, you can take the tempo of the environment, you can take the tempo of whatever you're in. Because right. your goal now is instead of one being reactive, there you go. Now, now things coming at you, you react to them in different ways because you've got all these different long game options. Yeah, there you go. So now it's so one different. So now you realize, damn, you are a dangerous man within this zone, right? Right. And then you could say, you take that guy. And you have principles. You got a center line, you've got that, you've got my four quadrants. Now your reach with that edge is a whole. Oh, you know a lot about sword fighting without knowing anything about sword fighting. Right. <laughs> right? right? And there's a lot of things like that. Right? Because you're just trying to get rid of my center line, crush my center line, or set. Right? And so now you've got tempo. Like me. Like that. And so there's really something about you can't quite get enough of just being closer. While you're now, now I want to talk to you about your long game. It's like, all right, so now tell me about this company that you're going to Okay. Okay. Right? Right. Right. some videos with the guy you know. Well, and they start with me as a teacher having fun, right? Right. Right. There you go, right? Okay. And it doesn't really matter. We get your heart rate up and get you moving, but I want to get you the idea of gadgets, the idea of roles. Yeah, yeah, responding is fun. And once you get unconscious mastery, none of it's scary. And then I'm going to have you practice that in a million different ways. So you can see the hang of it. And it's like if your brain is in more of a play mode rather than like, I'm sitting here taking a math test. Like, what's my business yes. plan? It's more like, oh, it's. Well, and it's like, you know that feeling when we're messing around with swords? Yeah. You're kind of having fun and feeling aggressive, but you feel like you're in control and you're not too worried? Right. But we're going to take that from the orange realm and put it in the blue realm. Okay. Now you've got a kind of like. Yeah. Now you've got a, a rich kind of like that I know, that I've experienced, that I can trust. I can say, you know what? Get your long game together. Well, it's kind of like the way you use that. And you've just demonstrated that. Yeah. Before I explained it to you. You know, I get 10 minutes before I hand you a sword mm -hmm. and give you that, do it, and then tell you afterwards. Yeah, like I said, we're already halfway in. Right? Does that make sense? You tricky man. I know it makes it more complicated. But you're going to be soon enough that you have to make an attraction because the teachers need to challenge too, I think. As a teacher, your skill as a teacher, I think, or anyone's skill, is going to be really being generative and nice about that. Okay. So, what I've done, the way I like to teach, you can do it totally different, is now I've got the freedom to do this. Yeah? And you're going to be a. There you go. That was fun. Yeah.
So notice when you start to get this sense, which then translates into four games, I've got this zone of attention, just like Kung Fu, right? That if I position myself, I can generate a lot of force and influence, but it matters a lot of my positioning, if it, you know? Right. But the basics everybody has, and you can get into immediately, and you can experiment in a, in a fun way, where you can get that emotional charge of what success looks like, and then transfer to a different realm. And then you appreciate, you start to appreciate how different gadgets affect you differently, for instance. Now, instead of just one sword, right now I've got, I've got my center line here, right? Yes. And protect my quadrants, right? Now, what if I put this away, and I let you open up your hands? Same idea. But now, imagine you've got tennis balls in your elbows, which you're trying to keep ribs safe. But you've got this kind of circular, you can do all this, I think, and you can do all that, right? That circular elbow bit now, and you can still extend. But you've got a little bit of a lawnmower going on here. All right, save that bit, and then you can strike forward. You can, my quadrants, you know, I got a real challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now that's different, but notice how also what I've done, again, I've given you the feeling. Simple. Now you can block with one hand. So, easy, right? So, an example of a different gadget expanding your long game options, right? Couldn't do that with one. Right. No matter how much you positively thought about it, no matter how much you felt about it. Right? And that's what, now that starts to get you very conscious of your physical body and space dynamics, and conscious of gadgets, and conscious how gadgets open up possibilities, and conscious how this whole show. Kind of just metaphorically feels to me. And I find people who really have their shit together, consciously or unconsciously, are pretty happy with it and pretty not freaked out about uncertainty. <laughs> because it makes the fun. You couldn't, have, you couldn't do it like this if certainty was a big. And then the trick is me going slow and having a partner that's going slow. There you go. And then now, as a trainer, I, I can wait for a lot of those movements because I'm trying to get you reps. And then I'm going to try to keep some of those reps to, that's what it likes when you nail that meeting. That's what it's like when you win your second Spartan race. That's it. Whatever. Right. And, uh, and then your four-day training is just kind of yoga. You're just touching base every day, keeping your, your long game, making sense with your mid-game, making sense with your deep. You can actually dip for moments, you know? And then you can make all sorts of exercises. Okay, so that so now I'll add an element, which is that music. Now we can add a long game, right? So now okay. that's your mind. Now think about long game. I'm gonna give you some music. Now think of the music that it inspires you, fires you up, gets your body going. Okay. So now we're gonna say, take some of those songs, and we're gonna pretend that those songs are you talking to universe deep game. That's a, a song of to, to mystery itself. So the relationship of that song, we're going to include you into it, and instead of whatever shallow thing it's talking about, we're going to assume it's talking about deep, profound, metaphoric things. We'll see. And then you're just going to let the vibe, energy of whatever that is, go through you. But in your mind, know that there's some long game link, a symbol, an archetype, a vibe that you can you can reliably know. I play that song, bing, this pops up. 
Mm. That pops up. This one makes me think. This one makes me sad. This one gets me jumpy. This one, da, da, da. So you're looking at whatever those, you know that effect. That's already true. But then you're saying, okay, I'm going to look at that song from a long, from a story point of view. What is it about the story that that song is telling? Or what about, is it about the way that they're directing my four games that's working so well on me? Does that make sense? Yes. And then you're going to have some songs that just for whatever reason resonate with you that are then a tool for you to explain to somebody else. And again, it gives them an opportunity to do it. Go find your own song. It affects you as much as this one did me. You'll have some in this journey that you've been pounding in your head over and over. And those songs are the gadgets. You know, think of uh, music as almost emotional triggering gadgets. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, listen to that gadget that pokes up. The, but also, in addition to that, we want to make it not only poke up emotions, but poke up some kind of long game relationship that's generated. Okay. It's supportive, you know. You know? Mm. So that, and then I, I timed that up with what we're doing. And then you're trying to get you into just this nice reactive zone where your mind is simultaneously doing physical defense and lost in this song that you're trying to put together in a four game way. And let all of that try to occupy your brain at once, kind of like uh, going into a metaverse thing. Okay. Submerge yourself in something where you can be hypersensitive to, you're very conscious of the, the physical stuff you're doing. Conscious of the weird gadgets you've got. Very conscious of the fact you've never done it before. Now be conscious of the fact of the emotional reaction to this new stimulation we're going to put on here. Okay. And, uh, and then also why your teacher would pick that song for you. Okay. <laughs> but it would presumably be something that means something from them. So there's a, a relationship or a responsibility of you at some point. You're going to have to do this to someone else, but you'll have a whole playlist of songs that will be yours and part of the gadget they need to give you. You want them. I want your playlist to I'm sick of my playlist. Okay. Right. You're not gonna like my playlist. It's all like Machine Gun Kelly, and that's it. It's, it's mostly just trashy punk rock. Okay. Okay. And then what is that listen for you mostly? Feeling like I'm 14. Okay. And what's your like short game energy song? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Do you have a uh, like long game vision song or two? It gets you. Or nostalgic for your youth or any of those? Or is it all high energy? A lot of the music I listen to is super high energy. Um, oh God, you'd know better than me. Do I have a Do I have a long game song? Is there any classic old stuff you like? Yeah, what's something that like you listen to and it just brings you back to something? That has, I would that go has to that. Power or a story. It doesn't have to be like a Passion Pit. The other day, you said a Passion Pit song. Some of them are just came songs that don't that you don't even like. But you're like, no, there's something in there. The, uh, the song, uh, It's Not My Fault, I'm Happy by Passion Pit <laughs> is a, a good one. I, that, was, that came in at a critical part of my long game story. And oh, I, okay. I revisit it. It's like a 10-year-old song. But Oh, okay, exactly. That one. Go revisit that one in the light of what we do. Okay. Think of if you were going to play that for someone and use that as an example, a personal example, about four games and how it does to you. Gotcha. Right now, I can use that as a stepping stone to talk about the time in my life when we did that. Oh, and it's it. idiosyncratic, and I don't have to explain it. I just like that song. I know nobody else does. It means something to me. I also do it a hundred times. Whatever, you know? Okay. Um, but that's, again, another physical gadget that you can use to bridge for people. Okay. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. So as you're going through your life, be conscious of collecting these songs. These are kind of the soundtrack of your own game of your life. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to go back and say, oh, not only was I listening to that, I used to listen to that kind of stuff as a part of some bigger thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So... So, all right, so I've got, I've got tons. I've got all the songs of 25 years of, you know, that I could all 
I'd be interested. I've got old, I've got old timer songs. <laughs> but um, I'd be interested to see what kind of song you picked for me. All right, okay, this will be fun. I've got a bunch. <laughs> and it's good you have headphones because well, we can play it. Well, and the thing, uh, the, yeah, we can. <laughs> I'm here. I'll be curious. What you hear this? You should have heard. If you haven't heard, then. These are good. Huh? But you can do it very light. You know, you can song, but you can imagine. It can be very light. It can be very direct. It can be very obtuse. It can be. I don't really have a meaning. I was just playing with you. You tell me what it is. But right. it's a good opportunity for the teacher to send the student off on a journey of their own, where they get to come back and react. Okay. And then if you mix it with a physical activity, the set isn't one, two, three. The set is to the end of the song. So mm -hmm. one set is going to be listened to that three-minute song. Okay. And you're kind of trying to download or distill the four-game wisdom in that song that's hidden in the silliness or hidden in the whatever. If you were to take it as a profound conversation with the other, okay. what's it, can you make it that way? Can you see it in that light and pull something useful? Yeah. From it? Or if you're like, nope, it's just candy gum pop. No, there's nothing there. But some of them you can, you can pull from, and then you can get the kind of the long game message or something comes out of it in addition to the emotional piece, and then it becomes a tool in your tool belt that you can use Right. It's, it's personal. Okay. That makes sense? All right. <laughs> So many choices. Okay, so what we're going to do is I'm going to play this. You're just going to look at me for me and come at you gently. Nothing, nothing, but just I won't be talking to you. Okay. Just react. And if there's a certain dimension you want to be looking through, here you go. I'll do this. And you're just trying to make your body fluid with the song or your attitude or something. And there's no wrong way to do it. Four game van. <laughs> and I just thought, like, well, me and Garrett are going to go to trade shows, make videos. And I, I, at one point, I was just like, and we're going to come from there, go there, come from there, go there. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. So that was cool. Gotcha. But you can see the power in that whole way of doing it. And so I start with a song that means something to you. Yeah. And work backwards. So, hey, you already bring the emotion to the song. Right. And it's a story. I'm just going to bring a physical movement that we're going to use to get reps so you can make that physical movement. And we're going to put it in the context because, gosh, that song sure already does a lot. We got a gadget here that reinforces the long game that gets you to a good emotional state. So it's you know, kind we of don't need, we don't, need to we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. You know what I mean? And again, starting with where you already are. Like, hey, what are you already listening to now? What's in your, what's in your you know, on your player now? But so there's a whole other relationship with music and with uh, emotion. And then it's interesting, there's a whole school where the deep game metaphor is music. Mm -hmm. Right? And that right. is pretty common. Can I give you one more song and a different exercise? Yeah. Uh, and sure. It'll be that. It gives you that. Uh, no, don't switch hats. That was giving you a little bit of long game energy, a little bit of short game energy. You know, we got projects in, we got hurt, you know, Long time to go. Yeah. All that, you know, you can see what that would do. Nice and simple. Try to make a project, give you an energy that you could then bring forward. Okay. I was doing business. That was long right. way, short time to get there. Come on, boy. <laughs> attitude. You know, yeah. that, that attitude is what you was kind of what I was trying to pound in. Yeah. Um, right? And you need that for that next. Again, because I'm trying to frame it. I need that framing as part of the way I want to frame it. Yeah. Come on, man. Hurry up. This is important. Chop, chop. Okay. Um, but so here's another one. Let's see. Where you could aim it specifically for your deep game metaphor. 
You could have put on the deep game glasses. Yeah, it does. It makes, you, it makes you really fun to go back and listen to old music just with those lenses because you feel, oh, and the poor game tool. Well, it's like we have this idea of the walkout song for like fighters or performers or whatever, and this is like that's like one instance of this, but you could take the, the thing that makes that work right. and do it in any context. Which is kind of what people do. They work out to music they like, but it's not, yeah. go deeper with it. Well, that's the idea of kind of drafting what they're already doing. They're already in a gym. They already think about fitness. They've already got headphones on. They're already listening to music. So for me, that expanding that fitness metaphor makes so much sense because it's like, hey man, people are already, you're 80% of the way there. Right. You know what I mean? You're already got the gadget. You're already in the realm of the right gadgets with the right mindset. You know? So, okay. So this one is a deep game musical bit, right? So I'm going to give you a metaphoric bit. So this is, you talked about music. Now, some people's deep game of the whole thing is music. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going on the whole metaphoric universe? Oh, it's all kind of like music. So here's a song that gives that perspective. Which then you see will have a certain different attitude from a different, different way I could spin it. You know, you could spin on song. That was fun. That was very fun. That's interesting. Right? I don't know what you call that. It's not quite a trance, not quite a skillful self. I don't know what it is, but there's just spending time and space in there. Yeah. With a four game lens on, it with a physical thing going on in the background. It helps you use them all at once or play with them all at once a little bit and feel how you can get energy from the song. Yeah. Certain kinds of energy from the song. They help, you know. Elliot Pulse used to tell me when you meditate, Mm -hmm. keep your mind on two things. So if you're sitting, like, focus your energy on your butts in the chair and sunlight's on your face. And if you Mm -hmm. can keep two things in your head and do it repetitively, so I'm breathing to it, your mind will be, it won't be empty, but it will be filled with a lack of what was there before. Mm -hmm. So with that, there's like the song and focusing on the words. And at first you go, she said the word is, so you literally get that, but eventually it gets more abstract than that if you know the song, maybe. So you're focusing on the song and you're focusing on what am I hitting based on color and symbol. And you're repetitively moving. You just you totally, anything that was in your head before is gone. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it occupies a bunch of dimensions at once. Yeah. But not too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come away with it feeling like, Branded or experience something, or somehow there's a, a residue of like, oh, it was a generative experience. Yeah. I don't remember the entirety of that. You know, like a good workout or something. Yeah. And it, and it is like a good workout too. Yeah. But then I feel like the whole art thing of being a teacher is better than me. Just working within that space of what you can do with music and people on the hand. Right. Movement people and dance people. And, you know, those fields start overlapping and get really fun. Mm-hmm. Really fast. Yeah. People in the circus. Yeah, so the other day you were having us like build this, and, and Garrett and I had to go out and get all these different colors of tape before it was all gray. Like, have you been with this little gadget here for a long time, or what's the significance of it? Yeah, but in my early days, I was trying to externalize this. I was kind of grappling with how, how to conceptualize it, and I had bitten off more than I could chew. And part of what I was trying to do was make some of this intuitive. I was kind of where you were. I knew it was valuable and I knew it made sense. 
and I knew I needed reps, and I knew once I got to unconscious, conscious, that mastering or whatever they call it. Yeah. There, that's where I needed you to, but there's no way through except reps, so hurry up and get going, and I'll make those reps pleasant and generative. For me, Jamie Combs, what do you need to do? So that was kind of me self-diagnosing early, and then I externalized it into a gadget. Because one of the things I needed to do was get rid of all this physical energy running this business, it was winding me up. And it, I knew you could channel it having been a trainer, you could channel, channel it in all sorts of ways. And uh, I appreciated it as like a really useful asset. What are you do with it? I'm trying to get a gadget to harness it. And then also, I had a, a lot of things on my mind. And simultaneously, I hadn't quite all these distinctions hadn't been intuitive. So I had to go through whatever I was thinking about and really consciously, what is it I'm talking about? What is No, it's not that, it's this. It's kind of like that. But it isn't. Just as I'm thinking out loud to myself, I was able to kind of make that the other. <laughs> and, and just and, for the fact. and because I knew that I wanted at the end, for me, a complete molecule of information, full four-game thought, mm-hmm. that just is what it is, what it isn't, what it leads to, what it comes, what it comes from, what it's kind of like. And a quote or two in an image that helps me give a general rock. I feel like from there I can walk in and talk to them. Okay. I don't know those things. I just feel like I don't know how I can help you. And so for me, a lot of people just saying what something is doesn't really help. Because it's only a partial thing and often it's it's just not enough. Right. So I felt to come in into these situations I had to come into with the sense of emotional control I needed to have. I needed to know what I was talking about better than anybody else. Right. So in my terminology, I needed a full definition. So like Voltaire, I think, was a guy. Somebody will argue with me to find your terms. Yeah, same thing. Or the idea that the, mag- the magician's trick was like, we're going to do the trick really early, right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and that, for me, it was I'm going to get all these things really clarified up. And that maps to my experience overseas, where I found internationally doing business. I could either grapple through the way they were doing things and always be on the back foot, dumb foreigner, Right. Or I get up front and say, hey, I understand I do things a little differently. Here's how I like doing things. Bing, 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 bing. Does that make sense? Cool. Can you give it up? And then I could do like international business or whatever. Yeah. It's a planned one. So I would, I, had, I was in Whole Food business. Mm-hmm. So to the question of what's going on? What are you doing? Well, I would say there's a Whole Food revolution going on. That's the story. Right? It's characterized by all these Whole Food alternative gadgets, smoothies, fruit nut bars, and all of these things you can see. It's changing all the systems of grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Because these grocery stores make game, they've got just too much processed food. In the course of the next 10 years, they're going to get more whole food. That's the whole food revolution. It cannot happen. Right. Because people's deep games are getting more holistic. And harmony with nature, the front goes with the back, more gestalty, more processing. So therefore, that makes the idea of whole food make sense. Because if you have a holistic deep game, the idea of keeping your food pure and unprocessed makes intuitive common sense. It's going to hit the market as whole food alternatives. And therefore, my team, even us, we're thinking about this and doing that and feeling that, and we're the team that's helping as part of this story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And so I was able to come in and say, Yeah, I feel really bad about those terrible bars that are making this story so hard to get to a positive revolution. Okay. And so I understand every there's a four game dynamic to every situation. This guy thinks this, this guy thinks that. Everyone has their four games, and they're wrong, it's just their perspective. But instead of just seeing it by some other metric, or yeah. some other slice and dice way. I was willfully saying, I know a lot of those. I've studied them for years, an MBA, run a business, I appreciate a lot of models. But in this meeting right now, what am I gonna use and how am I gonna free it for all these people? 
I'm going to go out there four games, and I'm going to present something to veterans instead. I'm going to pull us all together on it, and we're going to do that next step, and we're going to realize that we've been partners all along, or something like some harmonious idea of what I'm going to do with it. And so before these big meetings, which you didn't have that many a year, so I couldn't screw up, so there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. I would really want to practice what, visualize what's going to happen, rationally understand what it is kind of like. Why is it kind of like that? He's kind of like that because this is this, and it's not fair. And it's, you know, and just in my own mind, just as a meditative tool, and then you can take whatever martial art punches or kicks that you had learned, you go practice that one right. a thousand times. But that was in, in that was secondary. Mostly it was, but that's where the idea of, and then you're getting your alignment center line. This is just a big center, line. right? And, and the center line of my problem. That I now externalize so I can attack because I like fighting metaphors. Well, that's interesting too, because like you're which are limited. You can only go so far with fighting metaphors. Yeah. But if you're if you're feeling like you have a big sales meeting or something, and you're you have a stage fright, I guess basically you have all this nervous energy. That's probably the physical state you're going to be in once you're sitting in front of all those people. So it's one thing to like be sitting nice and zen under dreaming. When they come up with this objection, I would say that yeah. it's like, yeah, or your heart's beating and you're nervous, yeah. and, and they say, this is not what we're looking yes. for. And you go, but actually, it's kind of like what it is you're looking for, whatever. Yes. And you're, you're going, the physical and mental state that I'm going to be in in the meeting, I'm going to approximate that as much as I can and, and, and practice what I'm going to say now and do it quickly and do it in different orders. That's kind of like in, in stand up comedy, like, you know, you can sit around and practice your jokes in a mirror, which is, it's not unhelpful, but before a gig, you would have like, you'd be flooded with all the adrenaline and everything and you're anxious. So what I would do is I would wait until that time to practice my set and I would go walk around the comedy club outside and I would practice my jokes then because I'm like, I already feel all the anxiety. So if I can practice it now and I already, my body will come up with like, oh, the way you said that is stupid. Don't even say that on stage, change it. Like, so, yeah, that tracks. But that's a sign that says you're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so that, so that bit allows, because then if you do it enough, you show up with the jokes in the meeting, and you don't have to remember anything. Yeah. And that was where it ends up. Now you don't have to do that, because you're like, you know what, I don't have to do all that. I'll get there, and I'll survey the situation. They've got the four games with them. I'll ask them from them. I didn't bring anything, right? I just need to pull it out, right? It's like, no, everyone's got it. The four games in their pockets. You know, they're carrying all the stuff. And that's why it's a human sized well, this was thing. Just, well, you this was just the, the, the gadget at hand. But the okay. idea of, I want to be able to focus my attention willfully and skillfully in these certain dimensions in a way that is generative for everybody. You know, that isn't manipulative, that isn't, that is creative and generative. So it generally ends up the idea of what I'm doing is opening up the four games of other people. Okay. And then in that newfound space and power, we do something. Awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whether it's a, so that's what the partnership is. Hey, man, I understand you look at it that way, but that's a limited version. There's a lot more to you than that. Mm -hmm. You've also got these other dimensions. And that's what I'm excited about. Because now, once you get that, and again, it's what you have in yourself, and if you doubt it, we'll take you through the process so you can prove it to you. And then we can move on to this next part. We're now armed with this new awareness. You have new abilities you can do. In the same way, now when I give you two swords, you can fight different. Right. Right. You know, and then it's like, great, now let's get some kinesthetic physical movements that we're all, you feel good, and it doesn't matter at all what it is. Right. You know, and that's where the, the sports, I think, come in. 
because I think a lot of people can go back to their sports experience or whatever it is, at least to wrestle. So that idea of, I'm scared before. A couple minutes before you're wrestling, you're sitting there in tights in front of the whole school. You know, it's all your tough talk now. It's like, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, a lot of people get in that situation and they draw from those experiences where, oh yeah, my physical body right. came online and betrayed me in the end. You know, I hadn't practiced it. So when I did get to the meeting, my mind was right, but when the guy pushed me, I got over it. My voice went high, and right. you know, whatever. You know, because that physical part got over. That's why I think the uh, it's really easy to start with all the physical stuff. You know, start anywhere. I can start with the physical stuff because it doesn't take any explanation. Right. We get to, you know, yeah. me personally, but I can see you can also talk your way from the top. So. But then the gadget, something even more higher form of the art, I think, is then make a gadget that's so attractive, that's so sticky, that's so fantastic, that people can't help but be drawn to it. This and in the process, and in the process of fiddling with it, their four games get better without me ever having said a word. Yeah. That's even a higher art still. And that's where this idea of a generative gadget that you put out into the world, that artifact. For me, from a four game point of view, it's like I don't want it just to do the job. I want it to play a role in a, in a bigger story. Right. That I hope is unfolding and I hope helps, if that makes sense. Sure. So it gives this creator, as a creator, it gives you a little, I don't know, broader answer. And so I guess the, the final part here is within, within all this, I know you like, you used this back in your factory when you were a younger entrepreneur, and that is a mid-game that presents one context. Where you're like, I'm, I'm in this factory. That could disappear if I fuck it all up, and then, I, then I'm a failure. <laughs> that, that whole, but now this is in like this beautiful um, four-game ranch, the Combswood, you, you call it, right? And like, it's a very different mid-game context that this mid-game gadget's in, and you're at a different point in your long game. So I guess... Can you show us some of the, just show us around this building, show us the context of your oh, favorite gadgets in here. Yeah, sure. Well, part of the dream where you guys, well, your early part of your story, right, mm -hmm. is this is the part of the story now, but someday down the road, all the mid-game's going to come. We're going to yeah. get paid, we're going to get a house, we're going to get a boat, we're going to get whatever it is. That goal, you know, that long, clean, green future, when it all works out, here's some of the peaks over there. Mm -hmm. And as uh, it's me going to living in a van and being in the works, we always had the compound. Family compound. Right? I'm the youngest of three brothers. My brother and I are going to team up. We're going to help the family. We're going to have a family compound. That was the mid game vision. And then, as the process of building natural balanced foods came, um, I don't know, you just get wiser. The power of generative mid game became more and more clear to me as I get older. And the role of helping younger people develop, and how hard it is for younger people to just get the opportunity to run into the right mid-game, the right situation that popped what they already have. Mm -hmm. The problem isn't that they don't have four games and they could use them perfectly well. It's just for whatever reason, their environment, their situation, they've never run into an opportunity where they were, where they were allowed to pop, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the idea of a generative mid-game environment that helped people come and you could work on your four games at whatever pace you want, that always appeals to me because that was where I wanted to be. Yeah. And that was me going through. I was always looking for, where can I go to get that? And you can't. Right. You know, but I think we're coming to a point where more and more people are realizing that. And they're all coming to this kind of idea of, yeah, there's a, a multi-dimensional approach that's more appropriate for these times. Right. And then they're saying, where's the mid-game real life place I can go do that? Mm -hmm. And what's the minimal structure I can use around that that won't be so dogmatic and isolated, but can, can allow me to connect with the bigger community? That's okay. interesting, that kind of thing. 
that makes sense. So yeah. for me, this was after Natural Balanced Foods, oh, I'm going to get to work on this cool generative mid-game project. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was an also a thing of, I didn't feel too comfortable talking about 4 game dynamics until I had landed the plane with Natural Balanced Foods. Why should we listen to you, man? <laughs> right? How'd that work? So for me, it had to be, I was conscious while doing Natural Balanced Foods that, hey, I'm using all of this while I'm steering the plane. It's going to be a good story someday. And when I've done it on the ground, if it worked. And so I knew that next project was going to be 4 Dynamics. Gotcha. And I knew where that was going to be. Well, that's going to be a mean of mid-game place. Now I've got the little system yeah. that I think works. And I think I've got a long game, at least a personal story of me using it. And so I've got absolute sincerity about my experience with it. Great. Now that's a new chapter that needs a different mid-game environment to then scale it to the next level. Which gotcha. is then when I run into Garrett and you guys. And then you go onto Twitter and be like, where do you find these people? You know, and then that's where the abstract weirdness of four game dynamics for me has attracted a really nice kind of person. People mm -hmm. can figure out what the hell I'm talking about without what you guys are making is a really interesting class of person. Mm -hmm. And you're one of those. And then to find it out, to rock what it is, to decipher it, to do all the steps that took you here, you really don't look for it. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and there's something about that kind of sensibility of things that allows you to always be running into, well, now it's a part of the story where this happens. Mm -hmm. You know, but with a sense of agency of, great, now we've got this four-game canvas in front of us. What shall we do? You know? Right. And that gives you that short-game attitude. It gives you that charisma in that context. Yeah. The people brings you this attitude of confidence. I, I, I trust that person. Right. And they should because you're looking out for the dimensions that need to be looked out for. And you're not getting hung up in some long-game status thing about how you get fixed. But like, hey, one way or another, we're going to get these dimensions sorted out in a way that you're delighted. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so all of this stuff, again, I don't know, record wise, but was just my, my daydream, my long game was great. We're going to hopefully revolution. We're going to build this company. We're going to, so it can take care of itself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go work off, build, build this thing, help my family out. So, and here we are. And that's the sensation you get sometimes when it hits this thing you've been talking about and thinking about for so long. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you're like, we've arrived to yeah. this day. And it's a, it's a surprise, but it's not. Total surprise because you've been thinking about it forever mm -hmm. and you've been kind of preparing for this day for like uh, Garrett with his cards. Here's the gadget we've been talking about. Yeah. And something goes from your mental space to your physical space and uh, that's transformative. Yeah. And so the idea for me of this is kind of evidence too of like, oh, that whole long game stuff you bang on the bag on your age and all that path of a young guy working really hard to do it all right. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just interesting on the on the far side of it to see. Because like, oh, you could you could go back through your own timeline. We'll do this too. Okay. Your timeline. You march back through your own timeline and you're checking your four games with different spots. Okay. And you can jump forward. So it has this feeling of like yeah, you've arrived to something you not exactly the way you expected it, mm -hmm. but something like this. It's like, yeah, no, we'll get the system, I'll build a place, and some smart young guys will notice it and show up. <laughs> and if you've got that kind of thing about whatever happens next, you're always really interesting because you just have a little bit of a future in your hand, but not so much specificity that you're annoying, presumptuous. Right. You've just got some gist sense of what's going on that seems to be validated by what you're doing. Cool. Oh, this is July 31st, 1996. How old do you think you're going to be before you die? 
for when you die. Uh, Same high. <laughs> 30, no, uh, probably 80. What? Let's go for 80. Okay, so that's, so where are we now? If I can make it to 80, that's pretty good. My grandma's 82. She's doing great. What's the problem? <laughs> Say like 100. I'm no, be, I'm going to be older than 80. Thanos. I'm going to make it. Although men do die first, so. Okay, so there's one. Because 80 isn't even good enough for women. There's, oh, you only made 80, you're a loser. <laughs> so what, where was that? 96? 96. Okay, where are you today? Uh, if at the end of that, it's how old? Uh, let's call that 85. Okay, that's 85. Okay, march up to where you are now. Uh, one, two, Baby step. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 20, okay, 25. Okay. <laughs> and then now just take a look, drive them over your timeline, just take a look in your mind, forward and backward. I'm okay, getting to panic. Okay. There's not much left. But as you notice backward, every one of those memories is a has a mental component. You know, it's a full four game stack. Yeah. Going back that way. Okay. Right, that you can go back over and down and access. You feel a lot of those emotions. Mm-hmm. And some of that, some of it's all clouded up. Some of it you can't get to, but a lot of it you can. Right. Yeah. And then if you look forward, and just let that kind of empty. There's the game field to fill. Um, and then now, holding where you are, come march up here to 85. Hey! And sitting in that rocking chair. Reverse it now. Get off my lawn! Looking back this way. Okay. Right? And you don't have much left here. But you got all that. Now, can your 26 brain grok that into your long game in a way that resonates and once you can do that then we can start marching up and down and imagining things strategizing things taking alternatives go back okay so okay. Then now we march back here i found a quarter money <laughs> and so now that's your own game now the question what do you want to do what do you want to do instead and where am i in this bigger story there's a beginning middle and men yeah can't not be and that that narrative power that narrative idiom that goes through your life you can start to kind of see that and therefore your long game you realize like hey i don't have an endless long time i have all options i'm already a little bit into the story um, but it feels like you have a lot more control because from here you can see not just some abstract forward yeah oh, there's a four game pipeline that i can craft or i could go this way or i could go in that sense of agency is now kind of a multi-dimensional agency. That's why the moment the four game lens is so powerful. It's like, God, if I take the four game lens off, you don't have that multi-dimensional lens. You just got kind of this vague direction to go. Right. So that's why it's so powerful, I think. Um, because yeah, because your, your experience from here forward is quite a bit different than your experience up to you. Right. That's true. It, it gets exposed. You said that's pre formula. You get up to you often uncertain, and then you find something that helps you grok it make sense. Yeah. And then the rest is easier. Yeah, right. and that could be four game. That could be anything, whatever it is. That's the part of the journey where a young person goes, finds something helpful, gets skilled at it, takes it out into the world, is generative with it, comes back to the village of hero, and passes it on. You yeah. just you just happen to be here. I just happen to be here. Or wherever. Right. Right. And there's all these dark versions one could take too. But that's kind of the the broad. It all works out. <laughs> what yeah. you started with, you can tweak that as you wish, and you never know. The sense of gosh, you know, you might get hit by a truck here, <laughs> right? I mean, so that's that mystery, uncertainty part. Like, don't kid yourself. 
get away. You know, like nobody planned for the pandemic. There was all this long game that yeah. everybody in Ukraine, none of their long game played out. They it's were like, going to retire. They were going to have families. They were going to buy a house. They didn't do that. Yeah. They were sitting here thinking that's what it was. But in fact, it was this one over there. And then, no. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's the sense of don't get too comfortable with your own abstraction. Right. <laughs> but, uh, right, right. but use it as well as you can. Does that make sense? It does. Because then, in your own head, you start, you can name those chapters. I don't know, what's this, if this was a story, what's this story called? I wanted to call uh, my first stand-up album, Useless Baby. <laughs> uh, my, my opening joke was always, uh, uh, I was a useless baby. My only job was to save my parents' marriage, and I couldn't even do that right. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so that would be here. Or technically, what's the opposite here. of a useful baby? Because in the whole transition of life is this journey, which is good. A useless baby is about as useless as you can get. So yeah. you're starting from a good base. And then if you walk over here and you're completely satisfied, don't forget about the guy. A useful corpse. Yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the house as far as a useless baby can go? Right. If you don't hear it, yeah. Okay. But just that sense of who else would have any sense of influence over that story more than you? Yeah. No one's going to think about that. Right. No one's gonna, you're going to show up with basically, here's my broad intention. You know, um, but there's a lot of long game power yeah. in knowing your own. Okay. And also knowing that everyone else has it, but most people have never gone to the trouble. <laughs> so they're sitting up here just like you are. But they don't have a lens necessarily that's helping them look at it. It's helping them feel that that's anything other than some collection of overwhelming and scary. Yeah. So it's just clean up your long game room a little bit. So you can literally just like walk this out and you, it would start with remembering things like I remember that or if yeah. you're zero, you wouldn't now, remember it. But now, you go. Got now walk at each step, take a minute and absorb the thoughts and the feelings and the environments that were basically there that come to mind and see which ones you can really touch. So my first memories probably start around here. I remember the day Neil deGrasse Tyson said Pluto wasn't a planet. I was four. I was heartbroken. We heard it on the radio, and my dad was like, fuck that guy. That guy's not a scientist. He's on the radio. What kind of dork scientist is on the radio? Then he dropped me off at the playground for, for preschool, and kids pushed me down the slide. Face first. wasn't fun. So that's here. Um, okay. But yeah, so then we start approaching, like, kindergarten, and... <laughs> the kindergarten teacher, uh, she, she's, it's hilarious. She actually told my parents that I needed to stay back because I didn't draw or cut inside the lines. And I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty bang on. I didn't end up staying back, but okay. Then we got like first grade, not too much important out of there. Second grade, I started doing karate in like first or second grade. That was fun. Um, third grade, I started saying I like cheese a lot in third grade. It was a thing i don't know i like i like bionicles it was it was a bad year uh fourth grade um fifth grade um no in somewhere between here i i wanted to watch um like some cart naruto or some some cartoon and it was a Saturday, and it was a rainy Saturday. Usually on Saturday, my dad did yard work, but it was rainy. So he's like, I'm not watching your stupid cartoon. I'm paying for HBO. That's where we're doing HBO. And so he puts on HBO, 
and it's Robin Williams's last uh, stand-up special called Weapons of Self-Destruction. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a red flag or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like amazed. I'm like, oh, people can do that? They can just stand up there and talk and be like stupid and, and it works? And so somewhere around here, oh, I was like, that's the thing. And then I started- And how old are you? Around 10, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, so, and it keeps going. So I'm, I'm past the point where I said 25, but um, this was supposed to be 25, so I guess it'd be back there. So now we're here. Okay, now we're at 25. Now what do I do? Well, you can just, first you can see how much power there is into what you've got now, because I can go back and say, well, what's the difference between your, your four games now your four games five years ago. And again, I'm just trying to get you to get reps in your brain of four games. So all these little tricks are all just yeah. getting you enough reps, man. Right? Here, grab this weight. Here, hold this handle. Here, grab on that machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Shit, five years ago, I was like borderline almost. I just dropped out of school, so my mid-game was like nothing at all. It was negative nothing. It was just a bunch of debt um, and whatever books I had in my bag. Um, I hardly even had clothes because we got bed bugs at one point and the bed bugs like ate a bunch of my clothes. So that was shitty. So that was like five years ago. Um, what's odd is I was like obsessed with the personal development stuff for almost as long, maybe a little after I started getting into the creative stuff. But, uh, there's like, <laughs> you can only bench press your actual what, problems what away was, so what much. What was the, the 80-20 of the mental operating system you were actually running? given everything you were studying. Well, at at age 20, maybe a little 19 or so, it was still like victim of the story. The story has happened to me. I'm not an author of it. So I I had this whole thing like, there are all these forces in my life Mm -hmm. and I need to fight against them rather than like... Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And then when did that switch? It switched when I... I'd say it really started switching during the beginning of COVID because there, yeah, it started switching during the beginning of COVID because I was living in Toronto with Emma and then I was going to go visit my mom and uh, my dad had died the summer before in 2019. I was 22, 23 and I was helping her with like, you know, will, estate, that kind of stuff. And it's February 2020, and I go back to visit her, and borders closed because COVID. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just stuck here living with my mom. And the house is like <laughs> kind of dilapidated. We had a black mold problem. And I'm just sitting there. And I had such a strong ego about things because I, my short game was always I'm fighting. And my long game was always I'm in opposition to the story of my life. And the yup and the deep game was whatever negative shit it was. And I never thought about the mid game at all. I was like, I don't even need any of that stuff. I don't care. I'm going to ego my way through it. I'm going to, I'm going to do push-ups till I'm rich. Fuck you. <laughs> like that was kind of my attitude. And then you're sitting socially isolated in a black mold house and it's cold and you're just like, and you're, oh, and you're broke and try to buy a pizza and your card goes into overdraft and you're like, yeah, mid game's real. The mid game, mid game exists. So at that point I was like, okay, well, I don't have any of the things I need. I'm going to acknowledge I need them is creating a feeling. Let's go in. And I went into that and I started writing music. And that, um, for me, that, that was a very transformative thing. And it made me realize like, oh, if you feel a certain way about the story in the past, you're allowed to feel that way. But you don't have to identify with that feeling. You can feel that way and get it out onto, onto paper and play songs about it. It could be cathartic and useful for other people. And then you can move on from it. You can do what you want. So I'd say that was right at the start of COVID is that. 
that's just, yeah, that's like a big role change. Yeah. I think what that is, like four game wise, like you got a whole role different in terms of responsibility and what the path that comes with it, you know, and to be conscious of it at the time. Because I yeah. do think there's something that's really precious about that youthful attitude. Yeah. That you lose old, but you need, you know, so it's like, that's why I think you got to get the young ones fired up on it early. Right. Because that attitude doesn't last forever. Right. Fuck it, I'll do push-ups. There's something really <laughs> precious about that young, aggressive, yeah. you know, anywhere but here, man, attitude, yeah. you know, that gets kind of used in all sorts of weird ways if it doesn't get harnessed. But harnessed in the service of generative four games, it's like, mm -hmm. hey, you're not grinding, you're, you know, blossoming. Come on to my timeline, dog. You're cute. Be part of my timeline. She's like, no, I'm scared. But you can see how you can look about that as the evolution of someone's four games. Yeah. It, it also shows that, A, that they always change all the time, and they never go anywhere. There's a little baby you had four games. Way out there is an old man, right? And the degree that you're looking at him is as close as anyone's ever going to look at him. Yeah. Right? No one else cares. They're worried if they look, you know, <laughs> big in their pants or whatever, right? But, um... But that I found is a really helpful tool because then yeah. you can, when you're talking to people too, you can take them up and down their timeline. Come up over your timeline. Come way down over here. Let's drop now. Come up here. I'm 51. Okay. Come where he's. Where's 51? I guess it'd be about here, right? Okay. Oh, I just put you past the half point of the line. That's okay. rude. You're here. Now, you're here now. No, you're here. You're cool. Well, Jamie could live to like past 100. Oh, yeah. I didn't, you, set, I didn't Yeah, he didn't 85. set 85. No, yeah, no, didn't. You're here. You're right yeah. in the middle. I'll be at your funeral with this rate. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see, you can go back to moments, and you can see at a certain traumatic moment, there's something that went terribly wrong. Yeah. You hurt. But, you know, you just go back and, again, without judging it, and you've got your whole toolkit left to do anything about it. But just to go and look at it and recognize that it's always there to look at. There's resources that you didn't know you had that are always available, you know, and you can go back and get resources from your youth. You can go forward and get resources from your future and pull them that way. And once you feel, you know, once you can play that as if it's true, yeah. it's a good mental rep piece to look going up and down timelines, dipping in, dipping into different dimensions, extracting the learnings, coming back to where you are. Yeah. That's like history, right? In a way. Why doesn't Joe Rogan's company have any of this on the sales page for his battle ropes? <laughs> oh, I don't know. But it's fun. Then you can look at anything like that. Like any, we've been talking about individuals. Yeah. But yeah, you want to look at it. You could do nations. Someone else or a nation or the timeline of anybody that you're interested in. Right? Very or, cool. Whatever we're looking at. And so then you're, you're always an evergreen person. It's like, okay, here's this story we all know. Now let me show you some dimensions that you may not have known. Yeah. You know, think of like the latest, whatever gossip of the moment is. So that I find is really interesting. And again, I've just focused your attention, harnessed it into the lingo, made you get some reps, made it personal, made it come up through you, right? So you're telling me, and now you've got all this stuff to think about, and I've left these big gaps. I'm not even filling the next 50 years, man, yeah. right? And you don't either, and you don't have to. Right. But it's just kind of turned it up, got it loose there to think about. You're no, you're no rush, and you can bring that timeline down to what we're going to do this afternoon. Yeah. You know, if that calms it down you know awesome and and then with your piece with the mystery of it i'm like well i'm not exposed to, i'm not supposed to know exactly when we die we all just get in the back of a cool truck yeah well you know that, that yeah yeah well that part's as mysterious as this part yeah you know so um, and then the framing of it is again a little up to you so awesome but i would think that as you go and talk to people you can get cool little 
exercises like that, the different therapists and whatever will have, or like their little gamer, yeah, gamer maneuvers, and you can do with the cards and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know who I stole that from, but I, but it's a good one. That's very cool. That's cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, shit. So yeah, that was the most. Is that cool? That, at all? Is there any of that new, or is that just stuff you already knew, or is that grok good, or something? You know? No, no one's ever turned a, a battle rope into the timeline of my life before. That was cool. The, the, all of that yeah. was cool. That was the most actual Mr. Miyagi shit that's ever happened to me. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, okay, how are we gonna t- like sword fighting? School. I like sword, but how are we gonna turn that into the? But it was cool. I like that a lot. See how it meshes, like at least my way of looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a skin that you can put on anything, whether it's an item or whether you're doing it. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to do the rest of these videos, and and honestly, I'm excited to see like what else when this whole place is ready and we can come back and do another video and, and give a tour to everyone but uh thank you for for doing this and uh i thank you for for having me and sure nice job for, being for having the right attitude and coming to play so thank you hell yeah thank you guys remember think simple have fun and get things done <laughs>